1: Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street, the horror movie podcast for the casually obsessed. I'm John, and I'll be joined very shortly by my co-host, Kim. Uh, We are here today to talk about Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho. It's a visually stunning uh, sort of throwback to 1960s British psychological thrillers, it's got some stuff in there that is absolutely perfect for horror fans and also just you know uh, movie making magic it's uh, it is a great piece of cinema and uh, and it's it's filled with a lot of fun scares this review is mostly spoiler free I'm pretty sure everything we talk about is already in the trailer, so don't worry too much if you haven't seen the movie already. We do not discuss the finale of the movie, which is great. You can hear it in the recording. We really want to. We really want to talk about it, but uh, but we can't because we don't want to spoil anything for anybody that hasn't had a chance to see it in the theater yet. We recorded this back in early September in a hotel room at the Toronto International Film Festival. So the audio quality is a little different. We did bring our setup with us, so it's it's very similar, uh, but the room sounds a little different. These are our first reactions. I'm very much looking forward to seeing this movie again. I think we're going to go see it this weekend, uh, just when we have a little bit of downtime. So I'm sure my opinion is going to change a little bit. There is... There, There is definitely a lot of detail that is missed because it's an Edgar Wright movie, you know, like he throws so much at you and he puts so much thought into his movies that it's hard to really take it all in in, in one sitting. But regardless, these were our thoughts immediately after leaving our screening, which I think was the world premiere at the at the Toronto International Film Festival. We also tried something new with this with this first reactions review of last night in Soho. We picked three good things as our jumping off points, our discussion points for talking about the movie. Uh so you know, three things that we think are really good, uh three things that we think you will like about the movie. Um it's something that I've been doing on social media as well when when I'm sharing reviews and and my my opinion on movies. And, you know, believe me when I say there are more than three good things about this movie, but, you know, we just use that as sort of a basis of jumping into discussion and talking about the things that we loved about the movie. It's actually been very helpful because with these with these first reaction reviews, sometimes you're you're still trying to process the movie and your mind is you know in a thousand spots and you don't want to be like, oh, and this and then that and then this and then that. Um, so it, it it did help keep us a little focused and it made talking about the stuff that we really enjoyed the, the movie uh, a lot easier. So I'm gonna throw it off to the trailer right now, but please let us know on social media what you thought and enjoy our first reactions review of Edgar Wright's last night in Soho.
2: What
1: brings you down, then? I'm studying. London College of Fashion.
2: That room is on the top floor. It's
1: perfect. I love it. If I could live any place and any time I'd live here, in London, in the 60s. My dreams.
0: (laughs) There was a girl, and you are Sandy.
2: (laughs) I got this kind of gift
1: can see people, faces things others can't
2: This is the closest most people ever get to their dreams. They're not just dreams. Jack, I don't want to do this. You think you can just walk away?
0: It really happened. What did you see?
2: Leaving ghosts. I want to report a murder. You witnessed the murder last night, but you believe this was a vision from the past.
1: The guy that killed her is still out there.
0: I have to stop him. Where are you going? I know what you did.
1: I've done a lot of things. You can have to be more specific, love.
0: You can't save me.
1: Okay, so there are no ratings yet. There's no rotten tomato score for this movie, but I assume everybody who likes late 60s British horror likes it. (laughs) Good thing number one. Late. 1960s palette. Color, fashion, music, all of it.
2: Yeah, we totally cheated by lumping everything from the 60s into uh, one good thing. But yeah, the music is killer. In
1: surprise, this surprise. This Edgar Wright movie has great music. <laughs>
2: yeah, like I think we all learned a thing or two from Baby Driver in that, like editing, which we might be talking about in a bit, music is so integral to the pace of the movie and, like, the beats of the film. His stuff, at least recently, has a heartbeat, and the heartbeat is the songs.
1: Oh, yeah. And they were, I mean, like... His music has always been good, and I think it always says a lot about the character. Music
2: choices. (laughs) Music
1: choices, yes. Like, we're we're not even talking about the score. I couldn't fucking tell you anything about the score in this movie. I'm sure it's good. My brain only remembered all of the needle drops.
2: Yeah, so I was going to say something about the needle drops. They reminded me so much of the Us score. Okay where they rework uh, the I've Got Five on it. Maybe it's just the pluck of the I, the string instrument that I, can't, I don't know how to differentiate. I assume it's a violin. <laughs> yeah, it, there was like one repetitive plucking stanza that made me just want to listen to the Us soundtrack so bad. I love it <laughs> so much.
1: <laughs> That's great. Also got to really appreciate and this is just me being a dumb nerd uh just the the that that crackle of a vinyl like he cuz like the, the main character in the movie listens to vinyl like she listens to all of her grandma's old records
2: yeah like a lot of times people phrase things like there's so many needle drops in this movie and there's literally a lot of needle drops in this movie like actual <laughs> yeah. literal needle drops yeah like last night in Soho visibly has needle drops <laughs>
1: The music, uh, the music really says a lot about her character anyway, too, because she's essentially she's stuck in the past and she's like not even stuck in her own past. She's stuck in a past that she doesn't have any relation to. And I think that's something that a lot of people can uh, identify with or at least recognize in in, in our modern culture. Um, She's obsessed with the 60s, but she's obsessed with like a fake version of the 60s, right? Like, none of us know what it was like to live in the 60s. And you hear this a lot from people who grew up in the 80s, who are watching everybody, you know, love Stranger Things. And it's like, hey, hate to tell you, the 80s were not like this at all.
2: Yeah, the 80s were so much grittier. If you're going to glamorize something, go with the 90s, because the 90s was actually neon and slap bracelets. That's a good point. The 80s was dirty.
1: <laughs> yeah, the 80s looked like the inside of the the, Nos- the nostrama, whatever the spaceship was in Alien.
2: <laughs> It was a lot grungier. <laughs> yeah,
1: and true, too, about Soho in the 1960s. Like, that's something that we get real quick, real fast, is it like, this fucking place was C D
2: Yeah, there's a lot of digs about London proper that I, I guess... We don't get as much because obviously we've never been to London. Not obviously, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why is that obvious? I don't
1: know. We're just like, oh, we'd love we don't, to go to London. We don't bring it up all the time, so obviously we've never been.
2: <laughs> we've never been. But I don't know enough about British history to know, like, when uh, London's dirty period was. I mean, I think of maybe the Black Plague. <laughs>
1: Jack the Ripper, and yeah. then everything's been roses. And then it's since. been
2: great. They cleaned up the district where the where the Ripper was.
1: So, so I mean, I I like Kim said, have never been to Britain.
2: You've never been, but I, I
1: I've also never been to New York, but. I've driven through
2: it. I th- I was thinking New York mostly the whole yeah. time. Like oh, that's totally. what I was trying yeah, to.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like it's like it has, you know, it's it's oh, London is so great and clean and it's a nice city to live in now and like that is 100% the vibe New York is trying to give and there was a large period where New York was dangerous as fuck. Like if you spent the weekend in New York, it's like you came home and you told nobody what you did. <laughs> And that's that's exactly what they're playing with in Last Night in Soho. So that that's just how I was watching it. Like, oh, I'm just gonna pretend it's New York because I, I have an idea of what New York used to be and what New York is now. Really quickly, though, in the beginning of the movie, there is a cab driver who lets us know that it's the same old London. So boom, we're gonna we're gonna get into trouble, which is good. He's a bit of a harbinger, but like the the real dark shit is in the past, and that's something that I. We're straying a little bit away from like the the one good thing that's the '60s palette, but like that's something that I've I've found interesting about this movie: the idea that uh, getting lost in the past is a bad move, and that you shouldn't spend a whole bunch of time in it because it's a fake version of what the past was, and it really fucks up your present. Is that if that makes sense?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that, and and especially it's kind of interesting for a time now because we're so obsessed with nostalgia. Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes with like modern day like apathy. We're despondent about politics and the environment and social politics and we're at that point where we feel like we can't make change and everything's going to shit so we're all retreating into like our favorite things of our childhood which is so dark and twisted that as a horror fan i'm like this is good stuff
0: yeah i mean
1: It's it's something that I try to talk about with people because it's just like, hey, so uh, we don't have a future, right? Like we all <laughs> we all subconsciously think there's no future, so we spend all of our time in the past,
2: and we all get along by sharing memes of like everything shit. Yeah, it's
1: it's really surprising that Reminiscence wasn't a box office banger because that's essentially what that movie's about. Maybe that's why people didn't like it. Like, oh, this hits too close to home. I don't
2: it mind. was moody nostalgia. People don't want <laughs> moody nostalgia. Yeah, I
1: suppose they want
2: true. slap bracelets. <laughs>
1: It's an interesting move for Edgar Wright because it almost it almost feels like he's having a conversation with himself a little bit. His movies have always been steeped in some sort of subgenre of the past, right?
2: Yeah, it's like Edgar Wright takes a trip to a different section of the Blockbuster video every time he makes a movie. <laughs> This is Edgar Wright's horror comedy. This is Edgar Wright's zombie film. This is Edgar Wright's, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like 70s crime movie. Mm 70s sci-fi movie. (laughs) And now we've got a 60s British horror. But if we could get get it, getting back to that one good thing, what'd you think of the dresses in the movie, Kim?
2: I loved them. Oh my god! Right, like <laughs>
1: Anya Taylor Joy's. Like if if I was Anya Taylor Joy, I would have foregone my entire like quote for the film to take the wardrobe
2: home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I especially loved how they. They incorporated kind of the vibe into all of the music. Like the music and the outfits went together so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's one sequence in particular where we're kind of seeing time lapse through song changes and dance changes. And uh, yeah, Anya Taylor Joy goes through so many outfits in the span of like three and a half minutes. (laughs) I've forgotten most of them, but there was one really great mod one where she had the matching headband and like the little pomp, and I was so about it.
1: <laughs> the, the even just like when like the look of the '60s, I think it's also just uh, that they're like incandescent bulbs. Is that what it is? It's just like wow, no LEDs anywhere. Like, <laughs> I think that's what makes my eyes pop so much. Like you've seen it in the trailer where. Um, and McKenzie is sort of walking through her dreams and she comes across a gigantic poster of Sean Connery in Thunderball. And like, we're, we're deep in sixties culture and it looks so fucking good. There are even just scenes of them, uh, like looking down a street with a bunch of like actual metal cars driving around. I was like, this fucking rocks. I love it.
2: <laughs> actual metal.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, every car now is plastic. <laughs> But whatever. No one dies. Less people die in them now than they used to, so I guess it's fine.
2: That's because we wear (laughs) seatbelts.
1: That's all it is.
2: And don't drink.
1: Okay, well I'm I'm glad you said that too cuz also Anya Taylor-Joy looks cool smoking. I think I just like watching people smoke in movies. It and ra- you don't get that anymore. It was
2: such a mad men vibe. I was like, yes. "Oh yeah, mad men, they were always smoking."
1: Everybody smokes in this, at least in the past and the present. No. Not a lot of people smoke anymore anyway, I think. It's it's becoming very old-fashioned. Yes. <laughs> It'll come back in fashion at some
0: point Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. (sighs) Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.
1: Old-ass London looks cool. The fashion is great. The music is killer. But what's our second good thing about this movie, Kim?
2: Second good thing, which is probably going to be a good thing for every single Edgar Wright movie we talk about ever 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 because it's just his bread and butter it is the editing Man, and the effects
1: right like when you think about when you think about the humor of Shaun of the Dead don't get me wrong Nick Frost Simon Pegg but that entire cast hysterical but it's like that movie fucking moves
2: the comedy is in the edits yes which is fucking hard to one convince people you can do (laughs) and two actually do it and it's something that's been consistent throughout his entire career and it's so evident in baby driver because it's edited so in tune with the music yeah which is so cool for last night in soho because so much of the film relies on kind of a mirrored experience yes (laughs) yeah
1: yeah Oh, man. So the it's like editing slash special effects. Right. Because we have so many moments of of Anya Taylor Joy just like walking like down a staircase that's got like a cascaded mirror beside it. And we're seeing Thomas and Mackenzie in the reflection or or like, goddamn, there was even just like a dope moment where she was in a cab and you could see like a ghost reflection of Thomas and Mackenzie in the window.
2: And they were really, really well done. The body postures and there was like a great smoothness to it. There's a really great dance sequence in the film where Anya Taylor-Joy and Matt Smith are dancing. They're doing kind of like a really big sweep the room dance. So they're spinning and twirls. And a few instances what we just pass over, say, his shoulder, it switches from Anya to Thomason and back again. And there's glimpses of both in the dance. And it's done so seamlessly. I was thinking almost as I watched it, based on how the camera was moving... That they, I think they might have done it live. Really? And had the girls switching out.
0: Damn. It
2: looked really well choreographed. I have no, I have no idea, but.
1: Yeah, because yeah, like there are so many moments where it, you can't tell whether or not one of the actresses is put in in post or whether they are there. Yeah,
2: like is this maybe just a gla- like a, a glass pane? And they're actually so, acting with each other. That's, or, that's, I have no idea. That's
1: tough because you, there is a, there like there's one moment in particular very early on where she meets Matt Smith for the first time, where Anya Taylor Joy meets Matt Smith for the first time, and Thomas and Mackenzie is in the reflection because they're standing at a big ass mirror
2: and reacting to the scene. Yes,
1: and but and, like Matt Smith's reflection. Matt Smith is obviously a reflection because he can't ha- he can't be there himself. There isn't a double that looks exactly like him. It's so, like I have no fucking idea how they did so of this stuff it looks so goddamn smooth
2: fuck I don't know
1: that dance the man there's even just like a really great moment where Anya Taylor-Joy looks down a hallway like she looks to her left and then when she turns her head to look to the right she's Thomas and Mackenzie and it's so fluid that it just does not make sense
2: no i and and using mirrors and stuff i don't know where the edits were i have no idea, no idea. where the edits were <laughs> it's it's
1: you get lost in it it's it's i hate saying this about movies uh, because i say it every fucking time that it's like a magic trick like it, <laughs> i don't i don't know how they did it it's it's because like that you would have to have those shots match up so perfectly you would have to hire a robot to move the camera oh i don't know i don't know
2: no, it's it. Yeah, it. We will never know. I mean, unless Edgar Wright talks about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, unless there's a behind-the-scenes special feature on the Blu-ray or something. You know, <laughs> not enough good can be said about how they blend those two actresses together. It's done in such like such an impressive way that I've I've we have seen stuff like that before. I've never seen it done this good before ever. Um, And also like one little one little quick last thing that I forgot about with our 60s palette and music and whatnot. There is a light, a French bistro light that is constantly flashing inside her apartment that she rents Uh, and going from red to white to 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 blue. It's the French flag. Uh, And it's all in sync with the beats of this music that's playing. And it's just so goddamn rad.
2: Also, something cool that. Uh, I guess we were trained to understand very early on, us as moviegoers were trained, is that whenever it it stuck on red, we were going into the past, which is smart because it's signaling to your audience when you're in the dream state, kind of, which is so smart.
1: Our third good thing, most important, I think, most
2: important. For any
1: horror fan listening to this review right now, ghouls.
2: This is Ghoul City. (laughs) <laughs>
1: this whole like the whole third act of this movie, ghoul City. so we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about it too too much
2: in terms of spoilers. no,
1: no, of course, but but we will at least uh let you know that if you like ghouls, they're in here.
2: Yeah, and on the theme of ghouls, it's also set around Halloween. So you not only have ghouls of the real variety, you have Halloween ghouls. There's a Halloween party. There's some really great costumes. Thomason and her love interest dress up as ghosts. And the makeup is so spooky haunting and works out so wonderfully for <laughs> the kill sequence that obviously we're all working towards. It was in the trailer. Yep. We know it's happening. It's, it's like it's, the fucking poster, it's right? It's the fucking poster. It's that iconic image of the black makeup dress down her face and the reflection in the knife and the styling of just setting it with that makeup justifying that crazy ass makeup it is so perfect
1: there is nothing better than the fucking reflection in a knife I like not nothing.
2: nothing nothing better yeah
1: on a poster in a movie I don't care it's like the best thing that came out of like the you know 1965 to 1975 I don't fucking care like <laughs> you you reflect something in a knife I'm there. 10 out of 10. Oh,
2: so good. And the sequence really, really leans into spotlighting the knife. And that, yeah. like, it's it's not just used for the poster. The action sequence is shot to embody exactly what you expect from the poster. In terms of back in the old days, when you would see a movie because of a poster or because of the artwork.
1: <laughs> None of it was in the movies. Yeah,
2: <laughs> but this really sells like traditional horror style. Like, you know, it was just like. The murder that shocked everyone, and then the that horrifying reflection on the knife—like her makeup actually looked like that. Yeah, the knife is heroed in that sequence. So fucking good.
1: The ghouls, though. So like we have these, you know, as like the more, more and more as as uh, Thomas and Mackenzie's character travels into the past, um, these 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 ghouls, these ghosts from the past, start haunting her in present day. It's almost like any time you ever read about people lucid dreaming and then, like, they lost control. Like, I can control my dreams. I can fly. But there's this weird guy who keeps showing up. And then, like, he's always there. Um, and every time I turn around, he, he's got this gaunt face. And that's that's exactly what she's dealing with. We've, we've got these these men with these, like, morphed faces. You can't quite make out their features. They're almost featureless except for the fact that they are, like, they have gigantic, horrible mouths and blacked-out eyes.
2: The eyes are great because it's not like a big dark black hole. It's just like it's been airbrushed out, like their skin tone yeah, yeah. almost there. Like it's a horrible ghost skin tone. But yeah, it's just like their identifying features have been removed.
1: Yeah. Like they went into like that transporter from the fly and they came out all mangled, but only in the face. <laughs>
2: If a ghost and a dude went into a transporter, <laughs> they came out just with yeah. I I I
1: Brundle I ghost, yeah. <laughs> Brundle ghost, yeah. They look great, and part part of it is because there is like you know they're slightly see through. Always ghost approved.
2: Love it. Yep. <laughs> uh, but
1: part of it's also because as as the the past starts to get twisted uh, and becomes like this hideous version uh, of reality, like what the past actually looked like for Anya Taylor Joy, we start to get like this kaleidoscope effect, and it's like. You know, usually used to show like, oh, you are drunk or you're on drugs. It's a drug
2: sequence. Yeah, but
1: like they use that as well with the ghosts, like the ghosts have a bit of a kaleidoscope effect to them. So like their mouths look gigantic and like all of their features are elongated. Um, I'm sure at some point it's going they're going to show up in like the final trailer right before the movie comes. So there's a pretty good chance by the time you're hearing this, you've seen what they look like. Um, But there are ghouls aplenty in the movie.
2: Yeah, I was not expecting it to get so ghostly, and I'm very stoked that it did.
1: Were there any other small little things that you wanted to maybe touch on before we get to ratings?
2: Um, It's hard, because I really don't want to spoil this movie, because the trailer was so... That first initial trailer was so fucking cool, Mm -hmm. and really... And I'm not understating this here, like really sold the film. I'm I'm always excited for Edgar Wright movies, but the, the trailer was so dope and I love that everything we saw was in the film. Like yeah. You really do get to visit the past and
1: quite a lot. Um almost too much.
2: No <laughs> No The whole movie could have been in the past, and I would have been like, Yes, please. Um, the performances and the the musicality of it and it was just such a fun experience. While still being a horror movie, there's some jump scares in there. I I jumped in the theater next to a whole bunch of people I didn't know. Oh twice man, twice yeah. I jumped.
1: There there are some <laughs> nightmare sequences in this movie.
2: The finale was really fun visually, and I won't say any more. But it was a really fun experience, and I I loved the retro vibe because we don't get to go back that far, nostalgia wise, in horror right now. So, Not right like, now. Yeah. Very refreshing
1: yeah i think uh i th- i think it's a really interesting movie in Edgar Wright's career because of how it relates to the past i think i don't know that that message is like really out there in the open i think like I might even just be uh by reaching a little bit in terms every
2: single of- movie you see like you're trying to learn more about the director it's just yeah. a thing that you do you yeah, just that's like true. okay what does this say about the who the director I al- is yeah i also
1: have that theory that like every movie is about making movies and it's like as, as, if as long as you have a character in a movie who is trying to make something I'm like this movie's about making movies like <laughs> she's making a dress but really she's making a movie <laughs> that's just my move
2: and everybody's like it's too flimsy it won't hold up <laughs> and she's like now now wait till you see it spin <laughs> yeah she's like
1: uh-uh-uh I am ignoring your notes, and I am continuing on with my vision. And at Fuck the end, of notes. course, everybody <laughs> applauds. Oh, man. It's it's a really good movie. It's um, I, I wouldn't say it's my favorite Edgar Wright movie. Uh, I definitely have a few more. Like, and
2: that's his fault for being so... <laughs> that's,
1: that's his fault for making so many goddamn bangers. <laughs> How dare you?
2: How dare you be consistent?
1: <laughs> right? If you hadn't made a stinker before this one, we would have been blown away. <laughs> Oh like Edgar Wright's back baby. Like it's it's weird to just be like yeah, you know, it's like standard Edgar Wright, you know, it's like maybe one of the best movies of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, like, I you know, like, you know, we're here to talk about the things that we liked about the movie. There were obviously, like, a few things about it that stopped it from being, like, my favorite movie of the year. But, like, holy shit, was it great to look at, great to listen to, and it had a bunch of dope scares in it.
2: Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast considering whether or not you should go see the film, if it is safe to do so where you are, I would definitely recommend seeing this in a theater. Oh, yeah. Just for the, the visual and the audio scope of it. It was a real treat to see it on a big screen.
1: And uh, and I think it'll be great to see this close to Halloween if you are seeing it. Well, I don't actually know when this podcast is coming out, but if you saw it around Halloween or it's early November and your sad Halloween is gone, go see Last Night in Soho if it's safe uh, because it's got a really great Halloween vibe and yeah, perfect movie-going experience. Also, if you could do me a quick favor, I'm not 100% sure, but I think the sound mixing, and I'm not like a sound expert or anything, but if somebody out there is just like, you know, THX certified, and goes to see this movie in the theater. Please let me know. I think the first act of the movie, before we go into the past, is like two channel stereo. Like it's it, it sounds like it's all coming from the center. But then as we go into the past, like the sound gets bigger and starts to like swell around you. like now we're in like seven point one surround sound. Yeah,
2: he tried to talk to me about it last night at the bar, and I was like, I have no. idea. I have
1: no fucking it. idea. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, like I can talk about the dresses if you want, <laughs> but like I do not. My ears did not pay that close attention. <laughs> But I could be wrong, you know? Like, I I could just be dumb. <laughs> it's like, no, the volume just got turned up, you dumb asshole. <laughs> uh, but, but Kim, with all of that in mind, what's your rating of Last Night in Soho?
2: I am going to give it... Ooh... I'm going to give it three out of four.
1: That's so cool. I'm also giving it a three out of four. I had a blast watching it. I think you out there listening to this will also have a blast with it. Let us know what you thought of the film over on Twitter at NOFS Podcast and in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at NOFSPodcast.com slash Discord.
2: If you're a fan of Nightmare on Film Street, consider joining our Fiend Club. It's six bucks a month. You get instant access to all of our fun extras. We've got live streams, watch parties, member swag, discounts. There's tons of stuff there. That's at nofspodcast.com slash Club.
1: As always, you can support the show for as little as zero dollars by recommending it to a friend, sharing it with like your horror buddies who you think would enjoy it, and leaving a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps us grow the horde. It helps us put the show in front of more fiends like yourself and eventually take over the world. I think that's the ultimate plan, right? Mm, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. world so, needs more bats. bats. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And ghouls.
1: That's our platform. <laughs>
2: <laughs> more bats. More ghouls.
1: A vote for NOFS is a vote for ghouls. <laughs> But that's it for us this week. I'm John.
2: I'm Kim. Stay Stay creepy. creepy.
1: It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website